Welcome to another episode of the Invasion of Privacy podcast, where we connect with mompreneurs um, and how they are balancing entrepreneurship and parenting without compromising their vision and values. So today we have my girlfriend, my makeup artist, <laughs> Chantel. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. All right. Good. I'm happy to be here. You are? Chatting about this. I know, because we over the past like two weeks, we kind of just been chatting about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> it's been good, though. It's I been know. good. So yeah. over the years, um, you have watched me evolve mm-hmm. um, from what, high school, college? When you became a mother. I was 16. You were a baby. And you had a baby. <laughs> yeah. And you were coming down the steps. And you were always, you've always been an it girl. Really? Always been. It didn't matter what the situation was, always been an it girl. What makes an it girl an it girl is you were always approachable. You know, okay. you were, and then you came down the steps with this baby on your hip. The <laughs> cutest little girl that had your whole face. She still does. And I was like, wow. And she's really doing it. You were a high school student. You had just started doing hair. Um, I didn't start until after I got out. Probably like yeah, a couple years after I got out of school. But you finished? I was doing hair in the house. Yeah, but you finished? Yeah. yeah. And it was just, it was nice to see. And then we got to Morgan together. We got to college and you were there. I remember seeing you around and you were still doing your thing. That's when you started doing my hair. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to Lanise. <laughs> I feel like I'm that girl. Wow. I remember I used to call all color pieces at it. Yes. Still have them. Um, but yeah, and I always loved what um, a lot of women around me were doing. Like the concept of like working for yourself or being an entrepreneur, it didn't have a label to me mm-hmm. at that time. And so what you all were doing at that time, there were several people that were kind of like working in that space, had kids, and it just didn't seem like it was a thing until it became a reality for yeah. me. And I was much older when mm-hmm. it happened. So I'm coming from a different yeah. perspective. I was a lot older entering into this space and none of this I ever asked for. So what did you do before you got into entrepreneurship? So I have always worked in the retail space, retail management. Um, from the time I was, I think I got my first job at 17. I was told my parents like, I wanna you know, work and I grew up pretty comfortable. You know, two parents, they've been married over 50 years. So that was like my example growing up. Both of them worked nine to five jobs. My dad always worked like three jobs. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but I think that's what he saw from his dad. And um, so he was a state trooper, mom was a teacher. And um, you know, they were like, okay, if you wanna work, like you don't really have to. And I started in the retail space and even throughout college, um, you know, I started um, a very service-based industry. I started at Nordstrom. Everybody remembers me being yes. the girl at Nordstrom. Um, and I loved it. I love service. I love people. I love people. I love to talk. I like people um, in the way of servicing. And I also like uh, management, like, you know, coaching people. I guess mm. it's the best way to like put it. So I started working at Nordstrom um, when I was an undergrad. And then after I graduated, I stayed there and I was there for like six years. And then life started happening. Mm. I got married. I was engaged, married and divorced all <laughs> in um, working in that space. Um, a lot of internal, I never let it, nobody knew what was going on right, like, right, right. through most of those stages. And um, I ended up losing my first job. Mm. It was very traumatic um, because I, it just, I didn't see it coming. It's never happened to me. I worked really, really hard. I loved what I did. And when that happened, I wanna say that was the first time makeup 
kind of saved my life. Mm. It's been a lifesaver. And that's how I ended up here. And so I remember, you know, just wearing, I don't know, I never thought ever in a million years. I didn't work in the makeup space. When I was in retail, I worked in, you know, apparel, accessories, things like that. Shoes was what I was like known for. And um, I just had a lot of friends that were in the beauty space and just teaching me different things. I've always done my own makeup. And a lot of times it was just people asking me like, hey, can you do that? And it's not for everyone, you know? You yes. can look at someone who can do their own makeup and they'll tell you like, I can't do somebody else's. Right. And um, it kind of just snowballed from there. So I remember when I lost my job, it was around a prom season. Mm. And just the network I'm in, that I'm in, you know, being in a sorority and things like that, I had a lot of like people just asking me like, you know, hey, my daughter's going to prom, can I? When I tell you, I started probably charging you like $25. To do a face. A face. Okay. Yeah, it was wild. We all, we all started. <laughs> when I was doing hair, I started at $25 yeah. too. I was doing $40 glue-ins yeah. and $25 yeah. shampoo, yeah. style, blowout style. So yeah, I definitely get that. It's, it wasn't it's a safe number. Did ever, anybody ever tell you that you're bringing down the industry average? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh. So I felt the weight of the whole makeup industry <laughs> on my shoulders. Right. And so I was like, okay. So you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to have had people I've learned from I hit you know some bumps in the road I feel like there were times that I may have been a little taken advantage of but you know we worked through it mm -hmm. and I'm here now and then so even after becoming a mother which is something that was not really planned okay being a mompreneur yeah. was not something yes did I want to be a but mother you, but you 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 hopped into entrepreneurship before you became a parent or was it kind no, of simultaneously? No, not full-time. Okay. Mm -mm, not full-time. It was another instance where it, like, saved my life. I mm -hmm. ended up hitting, like, a, a glass ceiling in my career. I had switched over to uh, management. I mean, uh, mar um, merchandising. Okay. And I was in a, at a company, and I ended up losing my job again. It just was, like, I was just mm -hmm. getting hit, like, left. And, I mean, every time, it was, like, unexpected. Like, what is going on? Finally, I had someone prophetically tell me. I reached out to someone I was into, like, going to, and I went to a Christian prophetic um, intuitive. Okay. And she was like, hey, um, as far as your career goes, she was like, you keep losing jobs. Mm. And I was like, yeah, actually. She's like, and it's it seems to be coming out of, like, nowhere. It's because God keeps trying to push you mm. in a different direction. This is not the first time that I've been told this. Right. And you keep trying to go back mm. and he's going to keep kicking you out. Just a heads up. Like, it's not going to work yeah. because you, and she's like, you do something with your hands. And I'm like, yeah, I had to think of, again, I'm not, and I probably did not start calling myself a makeup artist until maybe like six or seven years in? ago. Oh, oh ago. Yeah. Okay. How yeah, long were yeah. you doing it before you? Before I started officially, I would say like 2010 is when okay. that whole situation had when I lost my job initially. And then, um, yeah, it so, just took so me about forever. like five or six years, yeah. and then you considered yourself yeah. a makeup and, artist. Yeah, a makeup artist. Okay. A makeup artist first, because at that point I still didn't consider myself to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that really look like? Like, you know, can I be working a nine yeah. to five? And, and, you know, a lot through some of my retail career, I did. Um, I did makeup on the side, like I would do makeup on the weekends, and then I would just work um, a regular retail schedule. But yeah, it, it took for someone to actually like tell me like, this is what's going on. Mm. And so I try not to dabble in that too much. Like, you know, I have, I'm a Leo, so I have like control issues and like knowing what's coming and mm. what's going on. And thanks, tell me about my baby. The son, oh, the yeah. littlest one. Oh, he's uh, and crazy king. <laughs> he's a king and you should raise him as such. <laughs> but yeah, like it's just, um, 
I would have never, and it's honestly been a dream come true. But you know, part of my conversation mm -hmm. about being a mom entrepreneur is like, they don't tell you the, the icky stuff. Yes. So yeah. that, and that, that's that's what that's what I'm that's why I wanted to create mm -hmm. the podcast because I think a lot of times when we see a lot of um, aesthetically pleasing mm -hmm. um, pages, especially yeah. on Instagram or just any, you know what I mean, just nail period. Yeah. Everything is very aesthetically pleasing, um, and we don't we don't show the messy parts of the house. We don't show yeah. the dirty dishes in the sink. You don't, we don't show, show me the, unable to even get out of bed. Like after mm, I take my kid to school, and I'm like sitting there because honestly when you work and you clock into a job you clock in you do your job everything mm. is set up for you there's an hr department yep there is a um you know a security team there's it well depending on when you work in retail whatever there's like a security team there's hr there's um you know, your, your upper management, there's everybody's in place. There's a custodial staff, there's your marketing team. You already have branding. Everything mm, is already set up. Yeah. You just go in and clock in and you're working for someone else. I know to most people, and yes, to me, there are things behind that, that that's why I had to walk away from it and make this work. But nobody really talks you into that space of like, you are your own like- Everything. Get up and go. Everything. You are, have to be yeah. self-starting. You have to believe in yourself. Honestly, that's probably the first starting point. Right. It's just believing in yourself, what you do, why you do it, your motivation for doing it, and how you're going to continue to grow and keep it going mm -hmm. without burning out. Mm. At the end of the day, I'm still a mom. Like, mm -hmm. I'm still, but people don't, you know, yeah, it's nice to see you get ready with me. I day in Listen. the life of, like, a makeup <laughs> artist. And I'm just like, no, but you're not telling me that there are going to be days that I'm in my own head, I'm depressed about like where I'm not or what mm. everyone else is doing that I haven't done yet. Do you feel I'm, like that? that's mainly coming from like social media? A hundred percent. Okay. Cause and I'm then, like, how will we know what oh, they doing? Of course. If we not, but then you want to in our face, you want to unplug, Yeah. you want to unplug and you want to be like, okay, well, this is toxic. Like I can't keep like comparing myself and being in my head and internalizing like what everyone else is doing, but you have to be there because that's what drives your business a lot mm -hmm. of times. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you're like completely set up and established to the point where everything is like just running itself. But then in that case, you're not worried about what anybody else is doing. So it's like ongoing vicious cycle. And it's just important for um, people to start having the conversation about de-glamorizing what it mm -hmm. looks like. It can be great. Yeah. I Don't get me wrong. Definitely. Um, my son came home one day and he was like, um, one of my classmates said that um, his mom is a doctor mom, and I told him my mom is a makeup mom. Like, and it was just, it made me want to cry because it was like, dope. he's like watching he's what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, he's really watching and he knows what I do, and I think that that's so important, even as a boy. Mm -hmm. You know, he sees me and he understands, he knows the process because I work from a home studio, but I do that because, and that's another thing that people don't talk about. It's great to have these like studio spaces and like when you want to be a real professional and you want to travel and you want to go to clients and stuff, you can't have a baby on your hip when you do mm. that. So you have to set up what like works best for you. Yeah. I'm watching everybody like open suites and like these beauty spaces, I'd love to do that. But like for the first few years of his life before he was old enough to like, he was self-sufficient and like take direction. I can't do that with like yeah. a baby, like just kind of chilling in the corner. So like, how did you balance the two at the time? I was having people come to my house. Okay. And so my client base was prayerfully, I mean, thankfully, I'm just glad that the people that I knew mm. that, you know, were okay with like coming over and they, you know, 
were okay yeah. with the space. I kept it professional, kept it very clean. I keep it like, you know, sectioned off. But to be able to have him move around my house and they understand like what the situation is, it's been a blessing. Yeah. Um, so now I'm at the point where I'm ready to start moving and growing. Okay. But then you have those other things that are just kind of like getting these. Cause you what do you feel like the main thing that holds you back? Um, one is age. Like part of that is like getting in my head about I entered into this space a lot later than a lot of people that enter the beauty space working for themselves. So I feel like I'm starting to already feel burnout mm. from being in, you know, it's a physical wear and tear. Yeah. Being a makeup artist, I mean, the stuff that we lug around alone. I said that about hair too. Like I think yeah. when I, I, I like retired about mm -hmm. seven, 2015-ish, like I, I and so I, yeah. I came away from it full time when I say retired. And so pulling away from that full time, it, it really does weigh on your body. And then I was, I played sports. So like my yeah. rotator's cuff was messed yep. up. My knees started getting bad and then you're not eating properly. So then yeah. it's like the weight is on the hips. And then so now, it, you know what I mean? It's you so know, I don't, standing did anybody tell you shoes. that? No. Yeah. And nobody teaches you that. These braiders, I love these girls. And I'm just like, yay, go you, girl, braid it down to the floor, okay? But I'm just looking at like the physical things and I'm just like, are you? And then you... they with flip flops on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no arch support. Right. I mean, I've even had someone that does makeup to tell me to start wearing compression stockings. And I know mm. it sounds crazy. It's not, again, it's not glamorous. It's not aesthetic. Right. You know, I can't stand in Doc Martens. I can't, you know, we try these different things. Crocs look unprofessional. So you're like yeah. trying to maintain this level of maintaining your brand, being professional, and then not killing mm. yourself physically, you know? Yeah. So that has been one of the things. The other thing is just life. You know, just trying to be self-starting, self-motivating when you have so many other things going on. Like I'm a single mom. I've been a single mom from the beginning. Oh yeah. So you okay. don't have anybody really to like buffer yeah. those like day-to-day -day things through. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, sometimes when you get frustrated, it comes out on your kids because yeah. you're like, you're the only one here. Right. <laughs> so it's like, pick up the toy. <laughs> like I asked you to pick up the toy. And you're really like just kind of lashing out because mm. You didn't do what you needed to do for the day for yourself or your business or, you know, whatever it is. So that's another. So do you incorporate self-care for you? Um, what do you do for yourself? <laughs> I've tried. It's like maintaining like a routine that's become hard. Like I think one of the only like physical acts of like self-care I do is I go get my nails done. Like that's like one of the things. And honestly, I could walk but into. But there's not even self-care no, anymore. No, it's not. It I feels know. like it's just Everybody's something that like, we have to And I'm do. one of those people that I fall victim to like you, you know you don't take the time to take care of yourself like i saw something not too long ago that was like you know women need to start especially black women like finding a hobby hmm. like finding a hobby and i told someone i said you know what i love about that i love it and i hate it because i said once we find a hobby you get good at it then people start making you believe you need to Did start you gotta monetizing. monetize off of and it. i'm like yes so my hobby for <laughs> for the longest time was softball yeah right and so uh, some of my friends probably, they don't have hobbies. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even have any friends that have hobbies, whether they have children or not. Yeah. And so for me, like, softball was my hobby, and it was something that I did multiple times a week because you got practice, and then you, you playing. We were playing every Sunday. Yeah. And um, I haven't done it. I probably stopped probably a year or two before the pandemic. So it's been a couple years since I've had any outlets. And so what I am noticing, though, the importance of rest, yeah. the importance of self-care and not... Um, and the importance of like having time to yourself. Yeah. I think so. So sometimes in the mornings, if I get up before the children, like 
is just having a cup of coffee mm -hmm. in silence or being sometimes scrolling on your phone without so somebody sometimes. trying to take yeah. your phone is, is small bits of self-care. And so I think that we don't understand the importance, um, especially as we don't understand the importance of rest. And I'm not yeah. even, I didn't even understand it till probably about a year, two years ago when I even had the twins. And so it's like, I'm not dedicating any time to, to rest my body. Yeah. Um, and even learning the physical that working rest out, that we actually need. Yeah, and even yeah. learning that working out, um, you need to rest the body for yeah. a day or two, or rest this muscle group so that it mm -hmm. can build. Or, you know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times we don't really understand the importance of self care, or we don't look at certain things as being self care. I think one of the things that I make sure that I do, and I know this sounds so like ridiculous, but I always um, there's drag race. I'm real big on it. For obvious reasons, like I'm a makeup artist, like why would I not be like sitting and watching men put on makeup? But that is one of the things, like whether my son is with me, because he goes with his dad's on the weekend for the most part, um, whether he's with me, I do it, like I'll DVR it and I'll watch it after he goes okay. to sleep. But that is my uninterrupted like time. I get um, a pint of Ben and Jerry's half-baked. So it'll be like that, or it'll be like a crab bag. And I know that sounds like What's so crazy crab, like crab oil. Oh, okay, okay. Like it's like one or okay. the other. Like yeah. that's my like treat to myself on like Friday nights. So maybe like that's one of the things. I used to meditate in the morning, but again, just like getting in routine and kind of getting myself like up and like moving has become. But yeah, just kind of finding those things that are just for you. Um, when you met me, I was a dancer, huge, yeah. big in a dance. Actually, dance is what led me to makeup initially um, because I. I'm not gonna say I was like super like advanced, but I always did dance with like older dance groups. You were like super advanced. Well, <laughs> we were, we had to do our own makeup and I was okay. forced at a very young age to learn how to start. And I remember my mom used to have this velvet red like um, makeup palette mm -hmm. from Macy's when they used to sell those big palettes mm -hmm. before it was a thing now. I used to, my, my mother yeah. had the same thing. Yes. We had to wear blue eyeshadow yes. and red, and red lipstick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why was, was that the thing? On, in the, in the, the backstage, like up in the like vanity area of like how you had, and that was my first intro to contouring. Mm. So it's crazy to me a lot of the things that we do as makeup artists now. I'm like, yo, this is stage makeup that we're like bringing mm. to like real life. Okay. So I remember one day I was at school because I went to school for the arts for a year, my freshman year of high school. And I remember we had a performance and I had on my stage face and I just wore it to class. Like I wore okay. it and I didn't ask my mother, I was 14 and I got in the car and she was like, you look really pretty. Mm. Never, never went back to a natural face. I don't really? think ever. At 14? At 14, I wore makeup every day, every day. Wow. I mean, that can be problematic though, okay. because I remember when I got married um, at 23, I don't know if my ex-husband ever saw me. Like Without I remember- makeup mm -hmm. on. I would like take it off like before. So what do you do in the morning when you wake up? Do it. Before he gets up? Either I would just still be asleep when like he, cause he also worked in the retail space. So either I would still be asleep and like whatever. Or, I mean, it wasn't like that extreme, but yeah, it was like a lot of like, just making sure I was always like put together. Mm. So that also leads into what I think the future of what I do should look like. I'm really big into beauty education and working with the youth and young adult. Like I love teaching in the beauty space to younger girls because I don't want them to fall victim. One, I'd like them to be exposed to beauty entrepreneurship yeah. specifically and to let them know that it's it's a real thing. Don't ever let anybody let, tell you that it's not a real job. Yeah. Um, I've had people tell me before. That, that what you do is not, a, not real a real job. job. Okay. 
probably um, in the parental zone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, so a lot of times, like I'll joke with my friends, and this is cross cultural. Well, I'm paying bills with real money. Yeah, with so, real money. Okay. Um, <laughs> but cross culturally, like um, I'll look at my friends and I'll be like, "Well, you guys have like real jobs," and I have to get out of the habit mm, of saying that because, like, yeah. no, they were my friends are the ones that are like, "No, no." I think a lot of people don't think that creatives have real jobs what they don't consider it a real job because it was like when when i started doing hair and i probably felt like that too because i started doing hair in the house yeah and so you feel like first you just feel like you're doing your friend's hair Mm -hmm. and then um maybe like their relatives that come Mm -hmm. over and you'll do their hair and even when i got in the salon space i don't think i considered myself to not necessarily be an entrepreneur but to be a professional period yeah um and we're doing all of the things that a, pro- a professional would be doing where I'm, I'm re- taking clients. Yep. I'm scheduling. I'm doing scheduling. Yep. I'm, I'm doing and everything. You know what I mean? I'm you doing marketing. Yeah. I'm doing. And, and that's the, that's the, the hardest part about, um, solopreneurship or, yeah. um, is having to do every role by yourself yeah. and then having to balance that with being a parent. So how do you feel like how do you feel like you got into the groove of that because you were so used to being in a corporate space and then you get you you kind of get thrown into the deep end of ha- battling both at the same time yeah. making sure that you are maintaining an income and also maintaining a, being a, a good parent or growing to be a good parent. So again, declamorizing it, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, you know, you you're booked and busy." We hear that all the time, yeah. right? Um, I'm booked, busy, and have to maintain a baby. Like I have to like maintain like what's going on in my household. So again, it makes me feel like like you know maybe I need to like scale back. You, you're so used to like the steady income mm-hmm. that you're like, but when you when you're thrown into it like that, you don't have a chance to really think about it. I just did it. Yeah. Like I just made sure that I was putting myself out there because I had to put myself out there. It's working through whatever trauma. Mm-hmm. So whether it be workplace trauma, whether it be, you know, prejudices, whether it be, you know, personal life issues, like whatever, mm-hmm. you kind of just have to push. So you should know it's like a mother. Like yeah. you don't really have like a choice. Exactly. Unfortunately though, there are some women that aren't able to like work through it. Um, but even you, I like what you say, where you saying like, um, you kind of thrown into parenting and you don't have a choice. But yeah. did you ever feel like that with entrepreneurship? Because even after the person came to you and told yeah. you like, it doesn't matter how, because I felt the same way. It doesn't matter how hard I tried. Cause at one point in time I was like, I'm not doing hair anymore. I'm not doing entrepreneurship anymore. I'm going to get a job yeah. and I'm just going to be regular and normal. You know what I mean? And things like that. But it's still, it pulls at you and not even just pulling at your spirit, but it, it's like, entrepreneurship pull you back into to, to understanding it this is the like even understanding God like yeah. this is the life that I created for you I didn't yeah. create you to to be this I created you to be that and so at the end of the day it's still kind of like I don't have a choice at this yeah and so I think a lot of times it's the um, it's the enemy for sure that is us tell it's us against us mm-hmm. right like I could have a million people tell me all day long you're so good at what you do like you're so and in my mind I'm just like but I'm not good enough mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying I'm not good enough for the profession I don't know if I'm saying I'm not good enough for my clients or if it's I'm not ever gonna be good enough for my kid mm. like that what he said to me about like well my mom's a makeup mom like I'm like now I need to be like this like super like mm. MUA yeah like I need to be the Chantel the MUA that he sees okay. so it's like Chantel snap out of it I'm constantly like snap out of it get up do something book your clients let's go because you have 
something that you need to build. Like you can't go back. Mm -hmm. I have so many days, I told you it's been happening like lately, that I'm just like, you know what, forget it. Going back to work, I'm just clocking in because I need a steady income. But when I can drop my kid off to school, when I can mm. pick him up, when mm -hmm. I can volunteer whenever, right. like that is so special to me. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because my parents worked nine to fives, they were there, but it was like different. It's like, not as flexible. Yeah, yeah, no, not, not at all. Flexible. My grandparents picked me up from school every day. Wow, okay. Yeah, like they picked me up. I had to go back to my mom's school, sit there with her in the afternoon. And so she no, finished work. Yeah, no, my schedule is like, I'm done for the day. I work on the weekends when he's gone to his dad. And that's another thing. You have to come up with like what works for you. Mm -hmm. You know, when his dad is in town and he like takes him on the weekends, thankfully that's yeah, when I work. Yeah, not everybody has that. That's not when I work. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I work like my weekends. And it's funny because when I was in retail, I was like, I can't wait to get my weekends back. And now when you work for yourself, Oh, listen, they don't Listen, I was you. in a hair salon yeah. from Friday sun up yeah. till sundown on Saturday. So now I, I see it. where some hairstylists stop their books at like noon on mm -hmm. Saturdays. Like I used I, to too. I get so it. So when right before I um I closed my salon, I I would take I had three. I remember I had three standing eight o'clocks, and then I would take ten people. Yeah. And they would all have to come before noon. Yep. And I would probably be done about like three. Yep. And so the 13 people that was on that Saturday was it. I wasn't mm -hmm. taking any more because it was some days like a, a heavy day is 27 to 30 women yeah. in one day. And so, you know what I mean? A slow day was 10 people. Yeah. And so now it's like sometimes when I see um, these hairstylists now, I'm like, y'all ain't working like we work to like you know no, I mean? and then like, they're in these suites and then they got I these love, high prices but they can't well, that's why low quality <laughs> they can't take um the same number of people in. okay like okay. you're not in a shop you're in a suite I, so I see where what are you gonna put now. your client i see what you're saying it's now. just a different climate um but i think that's the other part of why i like mentoring in the beauty space for younger women even though i've only been in for about um a decade well, a little more than a decade but um it's the service side of it mm -hmm. that we're missing that mm. I would love to see pick back up. I think that was the plus side. That was the upside. I think that was part of the plan. Mm -hmm. um, when I God put it. this together for me. Like, I am so big on service, and I feel like this is where a lot of businesses, especially black businesses, are, like, falling by the wayside. I it's agree. great to be an entrepreneur. Every People need to start admitting that everyone's not a people person. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And and how you, and start staffing, staffing your weakness. When they people aren't staffing if their weakness. If you are not good people-facing, get someone else to do it. Yeah. What did they say? Get somebody else to do it. Because <laughs> it is not for you. Right. It is definitely not for you. Um, you know, especially like restaurants that still go out of, outside of the beauty space, especially like restaurants and things yeah, like that. I agree. Um, like it's just, so I tell my girls all the time, I do have a program and I work with high school girls and I tell them all the time, you guys like doing makeup. You like putting lashes on people. You guys think it's like great, but you guys can't even hold a conversation mm. with each other hardly. Right. So I'm like, we have to learn That's that good. if you want to do this professionally, you have to learn that when somebody comes to you with attitude and they're not satisfied, you can't. Yeah, can't, like, or not back. talk to them. They, yeah. it's the clap back. Yeah, well, I mean can. that's the era that we in. I feel yeah. like I feel like Gen Z, more specifically, um, their their response and reaction to yeah. things is very disposable of people. Oh, one hundred percent. Whereas we for aren't. Sure. Yeah, and we 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 kind of are like the millennials are probably the last of yeah the, yeah of consideration. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Um, and it's 
But they also, but the, this next generation, they also, I feel like they understand who they are a lot sooner. Yes. And they also um, understand the greatness in them a lot yeah. sooner. And um, I feel like we limited ourselves a lot more. But they have more exposure, right? Mm. So they have um, the ability to be like, I can, this whole like firing your client concept yes. that's come up on TikTok. <laughs> Wait, and I'm firing like, your client? Fire you, you can fire your client. You know, if somebody's caught, and I've, I've, I've had this, I do find myself in corners where I'm overly servicing, um, charging deposits. We talk about mm, that. Like, I feel like I'm inconveniencing someone for charging a deposit or like, you know, I get no shows and just people that are like, I'm on my way. I can't, that's a problem. But mm -hmm. if it's like this every, like I can't keep being considerate to you. Yeah. And then I'm trying to run this business here, have other clients lined up, like things like that, you know, it's. I would love to teach them, master these things, mm. like, you know, mm -hmm. your service side, your professionalism, get good at your craft, your service, before you start having kids, like, try before. to, I'm yes. just happy that I have that service training, that, like, working with people and, you know, being empathetic and, like, understanding and just communicating with people just in general, yeah. um, you know, weddings, for instance, I can know the bride, mm -hmm. but when I show up in a room full of like 10 to 12, like bridesmaids and family members and whoever I'm doing, you got to learn to work and mm. not everybody is going to be like the bride. A lot of times brides take people into their bridal parties that are nothing like them. Right. They feel like they had to take them in as obligation. Mm -hmm. So they're sitting in the chair. Bride and I have already had a conversation about what the look is, what's been discussed, what it's going to be. And they want to change And they're everything. like, I want lashes. I want glitter. I want this girl. The bride doesn't even look <laughs> like that. Like, what do you mean? Right. What do you mean? Like, you know, you're, it's, it's a lot. So um, I look at some of my students and I'm like, you would never survive. Yeah. You could. Yeah. But if you were not told to be prepared for this, it would be the rudest awakening you would ever receive in your life. So, so of course here at Invasion of Privacy, we gotta invade your privacy. And so what's coming up for me is, um, I wanna know who you are like without the makeup. So without the, the covering, without the um, glamorized, without the professional tone voice, without the having a code switch, like, Without any of that, like, how would you describe yourself? With, with, if you're not, and not with a title as hedged. I'm like, it's like a Hannah Montana situation. So I was raised, you know, in one environment. I grew up in Carroll County, a rural suburb, but I was brought to the city to get my education. Mm. So it was always like, I've always felt like I've tried to fit everywhere, right? So as I become an adult, I am finding who I am. I've learned that um, adult Chantel does not enjoy getting dressed up. Mm, she okay. does not enjoy, <laughs> um, even with my makeup aesthetic, I, you know who Pat McGrath is? I heard of you. Largest in mm -hmm. the makeup industry in the world. She's mm -hmm. probably the leader in the high fashion like makeup industry. She does not wear a stitch of makeup. And I mm. remember saying to myself, but it's a self-confidence thing, right? You know, I've been told for years and I've been broken down and just kind of told like, oh, you know, you're, you're okay, you're this, you're that. People trying to manipulate you. And so that creates a space of a lot of, it's like healing. I'm going through like a lot of like healing and just believing in myself and who I am and being secure and confident in who I am. And I am, I'm definitely like there, I'm getting mm -hmm. there. Um, but yeah, she doesn't really like and so sometimes I feel like I do have to like live up to like an expectation mm. of what everyone, you know, sees or what they think it is. And so I've become a little more introverted, as extroverted as I am. Yes. 
I enjoy <laughs> my time at home, you know, my, my personal space, my personal time. Um, Cause I used to just go out to just be in the masses just because silence was always so loud to me. Mm. I had so much stuff like constantly just in my head. Like, am I doing this right? Am I a good mom? Am I, you know, succeeding in my business? Just things just constantly going. So I would go out to just like avoid mm. like all of yes. that. But now that I've, I'm starting to center myself and I'm finding peace within, you know, who I am personally. Yeah. What, what parts do you f feel are, are, are challenging to heal? Like, so let's just say if we have like, um, like I was a real big tomboy, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, like my knees are beat up real bad. Mm -hmm. And even from hair, I got a lot of mm -hmm. scars on my hands and some, and some, some scars take a lot longer to yeah. heal than others. Like what, what parts of you do you feel like right now is the hardest area to heal? Rejection. Mm. Just I've been rejected in so many ways. So we talked about the work thing marriage didn't work um never really like moved on from things like that so that wears on your um i guess yeah like your confidence like your security and like who you are it's always like a constant like well what's wrong with me mm. right mm -hmm. and so with the work thing trying to find my place in like the entre sometimes i look at entrepreneurs and i'm like i'm not one of them like i'm not really mm -hmm. and i am Mm -hmm. I know I am, but sometimes there's there's a voice in there that's telling me that like, well, you're not that either. So yeah, stripped down, Chantel mm. has a lot of vulnerability still, but I know- Where do you think it came from? Just being told. I think it's actual rejection. Like the actual like- Did um, you have to deal with it like as a child or? No, I grew up a people pleaser because I always mm. felt like I had to be, again, I had to like shape shift into this person that I thought my parents wanted me to be or that people saw just very prim and proper. I don't know if you remember high school Chantel. She was very prim and proper. I just remember you dance were a dancer. Bun, mm -hmm. Yeah, dance bun, yeah. posture. I definitely remember the dance bun. Yeah, it was that. <laughs> that's why she don't have no edges. So <laughs> she, she, she's working on getting that back. That bun was tight. But yeah, I always felt like, you know, she was this ballerina. She got good grades, 33rd in the class. Like it, it was, a lot of like pressure. So I grew up very people pleasing, but I also feel like I was raised by a people pleaser. So that, mm, you know, okay. um, my mom's a great lady, beautiful woman, will do anything for anyone. But sometimes that is something that is to a fault. Like I'm the same way, um, but it's like to a fault. Um, and then you start overextending yourself. And then again, we fall into burnout. Mm -hmm. So, you know, entrepreneurship comes along, motherhood comes along, and it does not, like it's bad habits. Um, so it's, have I learned boundaries? I think I'm learning boundaries. That's the first thing. For sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the first thing. I think with, even with, um, in, in relationships, mm -hmm. and not even just business, you know what I mean? I know we, we talk a lot about like entrepreneurship and parenting, but I think it, it starts basically just in relationships. And um, for me, like, I look at my relationships now as a practice, I'm practicing, yeah. right? And, and and more so practicing, not for my husband, but yeah, for my husband, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I practice in relationships, even in my friendships, like we're practicing um, how I want to show up, how I want to serve, yeah. how I want 
to be a better friend, how I want to, how I want to be better for you. How can I add value oh, sure. to this relationship? And so these are things that I ultimately want to add to my husband. I mean, I want to add to my husband's life yeah. and what he might presently have going on. And so moving forward, like, do you see yourself, um, are you dating? Absolutely <laughs> not. So my dating life has been very interesting. I have technically you were around for my whole like marital marriage. situation mm-hmm. uh, i've been single since that marriage mm. my like no relationships none okay i've never even have a practice one i used to pray sometimes and be like lord if you could just give me a practice relationship, <laughs> just give me a practice boyfriend <laughs> like i'd be fine i'd be fine and then um yeah so i have literally been single it's going on 13 years do you do you actively like seek dating like are you on dating no. apps so you do, okay. i had to work on the boundaries thing okay because i found myself falling into the same things over mm-hmm. and over again like you know just um accepting the bare minimum like things mm. like that and again that like weighs on your self-confidence and like who you are and who you're trying to like build yourself up to be so Ooh, i think you you said something like when you said like just accepting the bare minimum i never even looked at most recently like some relationships where I've accepted the bare minimum but oh, then yeah. you get in it and you complain about it well not you I'm saying me like yeah, I've no, gotten no, 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 no. you get into the most situation and then you complain about yeah. it but it's like how can I be upset with you about what you're offering when I've accepted this a hundred percent for so long I'll let you come into my space and then I let guys like bring this like chaotic energy in and then I'm wondering why my energy is so chaotic mm. why I can't honestly it was so I can share that I've been celibate for two years and um I've gotten more done professionally in the last two years oh I mean it does so because sex is holding know, up your business listen I would like for it to be <laughs> I would like to you know jump back into the game but you know if that's what it takes for me that maybe that's what I'm being called to do right now like it's just clear your mind focus Mm -hmm. because I do tend to be a little more like all over the place I'm more worried about like why this person isn't calling or Mm. texting or like hit me up Mm -hmm. versus like girl you haven't posted a reel a a picture I haven't edited anything I haven't like you know it's 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 that um I couldn't imagine I don't know what it's like to balance motherhood and dating and either. dating right um you know we all do our little like so how was that when you go- in the beginning right when, I, when he was younger <laughs> you know she was still <laughs> she was still out there um but i have never allowed like men no one has ever met my son a man right. that i've dealt with like he's never seen me in a domestic um relationship so i often wonder about what that's going to look like like mm. what I, my kid is great you know I think he's a great kid I think um I mean we see homeless people on the street and he's like hey can that guy come and move in with us <laughs> like he just I think he just wants do you the think family he wants dynamic. you that's what I was about to yeah. say do you think he wants the family yeah does he want you because I know what I've noticed too was um like my oldest daughter she's just like I just want you to be happy I want somebody yeah. to you know I want somebody to cater to you I want this he thinks he's my whereas man. though my son and my youngest daughter is more so like, no, you're not gonna ever get married. No, <laughs> my daughter is like, well, why you can't marry me? And no. I'm like, yeah, one, they don't you're understand 13. That. Yeah, two, no. <laughs> so I people don't marry their children. My mom helps me out sometimes. Like my parents will watch him while I go work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, for whatever reason. And one time I think he asked, well, where's my mom? Like today, he knows I'm like working. And so he asked her, he was like, where's my mom? My mom says, well, she's doing a wedding. He said, oh my God, is she gonna put on a really pretty dress and marry a really rich, handsome Aww. man? He thought I was like, and I had no clue that he mm. even looked at like that dynamic. And he's so sweet, he's so gentle, and he's like, I definitely believe that he is who I'm like, I would ideally be raising to like, mm. like if I could design my own, yeah. that's probably what, I don't know what it is that makes him like that, but he really thinks he's like my man. Like if I like break a nail, he was on a play date one day, I broke a nail, he comes running down the stairs. I think my mom broke her nail. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, she did, thank you. Thank you guys go back and keep playing, I'm good. But yeah, I think he does like, you know, he sees his dad mm -hmm. in domestic, um, like a domestic a partnership. Like, partnership. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, he's never seen me. So I do worry about what that's gonna look like. I mean, I'm all for dating. I just finally have locked in on what I won't allow anymore. Mm, and like okay. what I think I deserve. And then, you know, other barriers stand in the way. So there's like physical insecurities. Like, you know, a lot of times people don't realize like stress, anxiety, depression, can manifest itself. Definitely. I Clearly. Think, yeah. So <laughs> I was never this girl. No, and, and, and all the times, like, I think a lot of times we think that um, it's the overeating. Sometimes it's the inactivity. It's my only form of control. It's the inactivity, too. Like, you know what I mean? And so yeah. sometimes it's, it's not the fact that um, I ate because some depression shows up as not eating. Not eating. And mm -hmm. still gaining weight or laying in the bed or not getting no sun on your skin. Oh, and it's not, insane. There have been months that I just, you feel paralyzed. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. you lay on the couch or you just, and you're like, I'm gonna get up and do this. I just need like a second. And you look up and it's the whole, it's time to pick up the kid again yep. from school. And you don't even know how you got there. And that's part, again, deglamorizing what entrepreneurship looks like. I'm not saying that people shouldn't do, I would never talk people out of it, but I feel like it's important for them to like know what definitely some of that looks like you know some of it is and it can be like a seasonal thing slower months august mm -hmm. when it's like super like crazy nobody's trying to get hair and makeup done like everybody's like trying to get their kids back at, at school. the beach and then like the january like it's like this like winter depression because mm -hmm. you're like after the holidays holiday parties are over new year's is over and you're just kind of like what am i doing with myself but these are the times that when you get motivated you know i also think it's really important too to surround yourself with entrepreneurs that can like encourage you i, I don't care what industry it is like that is what has catapulted me into really rethinking about or like getting motivated to do more and do better for myself mm -hmm. i have found a group of like mompreneurs that are in different spaces mostly creative um that are also parents and they're like so one of my friends i think i said she's a photographer she's amazing she's done wonders for me um just mentally kind of like a therapy okay like a friend slash therapist mm -hmm. and she i was talking about like a job and something somebody wanted me to do and then we were talking about the fee and i have a bad habit of like undercharging the financial piece is another thing like accounting we don't have accounting departments no the financial piece is so uncomfortable for well, me well the only time we see somebody is when it's time to get our taxes done yeah <laughs> it's so uncomfortable for me and so i said something about the price and she was like are you crazy jail's gotta eat and i'm like you're right <laughs> he does so right. you know just kind of like thinking about like Yes, you should be charging for your I think time. Finding a, I think finding a sweet spot when it comes to mm -hmm. pricing is very hard mm -hmm. um, because it's hard to put a price on creativity sometimes, yeah. but then sometimes it's um, 
I didn't really realize this until I opened up my last salon mm-hmm. and um, the guy I was dating at the time, um, he was helping fund the business yeah. and he was like, well, Lanisha, you're not taking into account the cost. This was, this stuck out to me so much mm-hmm. because he was like, you're not even taking into account how much it costs BG and E, like your energy yeah. bill, to have somebody sit under a dryer yes. for sixty minutes. Yes. And so when he started saying things like that and breaking stuff mm-hmm. down that I wasn't including in the final price of things, yeah. that's when I started to have the price go up. Because it's not, it's not just about the talent. It's not just about the creativity. It's not just about a one of a kind experience. Sometimes it is breaking down to product costs that we you don't also even have we'll, to, we'll take, we don't take into account. Or we what, only use yeah. product costs. Well, oh well, it cost me ten dollars to buy this lipstick, so yeah. I'm gonna charge I'm gonna charge ten dollars. I mean, I'm gonna charge twelve dollars so I can make a profit. You, like everybody feels some kind of way when they see certain bottles of like foundation. Okay, well you want me to use Pat McGrath? You want me to use Nars? You want me to use whatever? Now if you see a drugstore like products mm-hmm. you have a problem with that so i'm like you're gonna have to pay yeah. for what it is like these foundations are running too. like 50 dollars yeah. a bottle i don't think so we understand like, it either yeah people don't look at things like that um it's i don't know it's tough it is it's hard to like you know look at the pricing but when people tell you and you'll have people that go before you that'll tell you that um you know then that person's not your client if they don't want to pay your prices or if they mm-hmm. don't believe in like your value, that's not your client. You really have to go on faith and like go forth with that and just be like, yeah, I'm sticking, I'm standing ten toes down on my price list. That is what it is. But also, I'm big in encouraging people to shop around people's price lists. Like, just look at what your industry like average is for what you're mm-hmm. doing. Like, um, think about how much physical wear and tear, how much a travel. I wasn't even tra- uh, charging for travel at one point in time. Mm. Never again. Yeah. Um, gas prices are astronomical. <laughs> like most of my clients already way. know. Like they already driving know to a be, set, yeah. driving out of town, dri- and, and and a lot of times it's not because we not ch- because we we don't have a flight mm-hmm. attached to it. We feel like oh, it's just going to take me like thirty minutes to get yeah. there, but not taking into account that yeah, it's going to take me forty five minutes, and then now I got to pay for parking, and then yeah. now I got to yeah. okay. So you just said flight. So even getting comfortable enough when clients want me to like come out of state being comfortable with me and like hey accommodations and flight are on you listen they're mm. out here paying it though they are there are people <laughs> there are they people are. that are doing the things yeah I, it, and it's so crazy because even when i had my salon um a lot of people flew in yeah and so um i had one girl she would come at least once a month and she was flying in from chicago Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a problem with paying for her hair being twelve twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. So, but then you got another. It, it seems like it's a pri- it's a tiered pricing. Whereas though, when you got a low ticket item, you, it comes with so much headaches. Yep. You know what I mean. I have it, one. It, it's so much headaches when I charge everybody goes straight to booking that. They go straight <laughs> to booking it, and they get in the chair and they ask for all these things. I'm like, no, no, yours doesn't. It doesn't come with that. And then, but then I find myself doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, let yeah. me just And so for this, me, yeah. I don't, I, and that's why I think with creatives, I don't have a, pro- a problem with paying for add-ons. Like yeah. if, a, oh, we took an extra hour, instead of me saying like, instead of me saying like, um, what well, was only an hour? Yeah. Good. You know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes we do say that, yeah. but it's like when you are in the space as well, you are very considerate in people's time. Yeah. And I think, um, I think for me, I didn't really get considerate on people's timing until I started teaching yoga. Yeah. And so when in teacher training, 
it's it's like a, literally like a five minute grace period. Yeah. So if you're not in the class by six o five and mm -hmm. class starts at six o'clock, the door is locked. Yeah. You're not coming in, whether you paid or not. You know what I mean? And so I think, um, and what really stuck out to me one time, somebody said, because um, people always come, I'm only a minute late. I'm only two minutes late. Or I'm only this. You know. And then what stuck out for me was like the plane. So like when the plane leaves, the plane leaves. It doesn't yeah. matter if you one minute late, two minutes late, you're late. The door is closed. Yeah. We didn't already took the steps down. We pulling back from the, we leaving. You know what I mean? And I think, um, people aren't really considerate of time right now. So I feel um, like people are still having a hard time taking me serious. Like it doesn't happen too often. But do, Okay. So do you feel like that is because of how you take yourself seriously? No, I think either it's like one, they find out a home-based business. So it's kind of just like, Oh, I'll show up like whenever. No, I have a whole client okay. after you in a time slot, an right. actual time slot, like a booked client. Like, I think people are so used to me being, yes, it probably what does was stem you? from okay. what, how I was before, but now I'm like booking up and that's like what we're going towards. That's what we're moving towards. So like them thinking like, oh, like I'll be there in 30 minutes. Your appointment started 30 minutes ago. I have a client in another 30 minutes. Like mm -hmm. we're like at the halfway mark. So sometimes I will, unfortunately, for me, I'll say, okay, well, we'll do what we can do right. in the time that you... And then I mean, you'll understand again, it. It's a it pushed the entire day back. Yeah, it I'm like, everything back. You know, you do want to accommodate and you do want to be... It's not a customer's always right thing with me, mm -hmm. but I do want to accommodate because I never want to leave someone like hanging. Like, you know, when it comes to things like that, obviously you're getting your makeup done for a reason. Mm -hmm. So whatever you needed to come get it done for, you still need it done. So I'm going to make mm -hmm. it work. But I am going to either give you a heads up the next time, like, hey, I need you to be on time, you know. But you'll get those warnings. But again, that's all managerial training. Like, that comes from my mm. corporate background. Right. And I'm just glad that I can navigate that space when I'm put in it. Um, because people have told me, like, you know, they couldn't book with me for whatever reason. They go to somebody else. They're not super happy. Yeah, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. with you, you know. So, so let's let's talk back about parenting. Like, mm -hmm. I want, I do want to get back into that. Um, so, and as far as like you becoming a parent, like, mm -hmm. how did that come about? <laughs> because I you said, you know, know you said like there when it I'm, happened. I'm, but. I'm, 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 and I'm more specifically asking because you said that you've been single for about 13 mm -hmm. years since your divorce. Mm -hmm. So, being your divorce, being the last relationship, how did Geo come about? So um, his dad was a friend okay. that caught me in a space like right after my divorce. I was mm. out there. This was a Chantel that none of you all, a lot of people <laughs> might not have known this girl. I do believe that a lot of people did not know that this girl existed. She was like, you know, she's doing all the things. And um, we were friends for about seven years. Um, just kind of like in and out, back and forth. Just kind of, hey, what you doing? Um, I, you know, Geo is biracial, so mm -hmm. that's also not been, so that has also been a pain point in my parenting mm. that a lot of people don't know about. This is getting super into it, okay? okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I personally, as his mother, had an issue with having a biracial, a biracial child. And his father, and people were like, well, you lay down with him. Okay, yes. But in a time where it was, like, super vulnerable, mm -hmm. and I was um, kind of, like, verbally like torn down for mm. six years by someone who told me that I wasn't you know 
I didn't, I'm not, I'm nothing. Like whatever it was, just narcissism. I, I survived a narcissist. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, you know, somebody telling you all the time. So when somebody comes along and gives you a little bit of attention mm -hmm. and they're actively like pursuing you, um, you kind of go with it. So we were, you know, friends for about three years and we started hooking up and then, you know, seven years later. And it's crazy because we weren't even like dating okay. or like, we kind of did. Then he disappeared, came back, and then boom. Okay. Here comes Gia. I honestly did not even think that I could have children. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think that I, um, I thought I had infertility issues because my ex-husband, we're not together because he had a baby. So I was like, oh, well, it's me then. Mm, so I just kind of kept okay. it moving. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'd never hold you back from this. So I thought I had an issue with it. So, and things weren't different. I mean, yeah, like seven years later, I got pregnant, but it wasn't like anything was physically like different from what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So I definitely- In the relationship between you and your and son's his dad. dad. Okay. Yeah. I don't feel like anything was really much different. So I believe that Gio was put, he saved my life for sure. Mm -hmm. I was in a very, very dark spiral. So I had lost, before I had him, I had lost, so I had lost three jobs. Um, mm -hmm. in my lifetime, three big ones. And all happened the same way, by the same type of person, mm -hmm. um, in the same space. And it, they were all out of nowhere. And so it just sent me spiraling. Like I just was losing control. And if you know anything about like Leo's, we do have like this thing where we like, feel like we need to have it all together. Mm -hmm. And I just spiral, spiral, spiral. It was getting out of hand. You know, I was showing up to work like hungover some days. People didn't know it. Mm. But like I was like a functioning, almost mm. like a functioning alcoholic. Right. At one point in time. And Gio came along and I snatched it together so quick. But even when I found out I was having a baby, like I was employed, so I was fine. But I didn't believe it. Like I just was like, this is not for me. Like I just don't feel like this is like real. How did, how did you balance having a job and trying to grow or were you not trying to grow your business at I the time? I wasn't. Okay. No. I. You were I, just doing it for fun. Yeah, I was doing it because people needed me. Mm. I like to be needed. Ooh, so I felt like people needed me. Good. And I felt like, um, yeah, it was, some, I love people's reactions. You know, I always said if I, if I ever did somebody's makeup and they didn't like it, I'm going to quit. First of all, it's a horrible attitude to have <laughs> about anything. <laughs> horrible. That's how I felt about parenthood, though. But as soon as I mess up, I'm out of this. He is at the fire station. Listen, like, I, 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 <laughs> listen I think... Listen, I've, I've had, I got twins and I'm, yeah. they're one. And I, right now, this is the hardest yeah. parenting I've ever done in my life. And I've already put my retirement date in because yeah. I've been, I've been parenting for over 23 you years have. now. So I feel like I got a couple years left in me. Yeah. Good ones. It's time for you to go with your dad. Yeah. But you've <laughs> time, done it. Time for you to go you've somewhere done else. It and you've raised I'm, like I'm retired now. Such great kids though. <laughs> yeah, they like, are. To great. have been like a baby yourself essentially, yeah. like when you had your first one. So like, I mean, people speak volumes about your mm. oldest specifically mm -hmm. because she's been with you the longest yeah. and you're still doing it. I'm, so maybe I'm trying. that's a calling. L listen, it's, um, I think his name is Matt. Um, no, it's not. It's Ed something. And it's The Power of One More. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called The Power of One More. I haven't read the book yet, but I kind of, I've been listening to his pod and things like that. Um, and some interviews that he's done. And he always talks about how the power of one more and so i was listening to, i was actually listening to a, the podcast this morning um on my way over here and he was talking about the benefits of the one more you mm -hmm. know what i mean and so in my head in that moment um i was saying this it can be my one more shot yeah. like one like i've done hair i've opened up 
multiple yep. salons. I've done yoga studios. Like I've done all of that. And so me entering into a new space is one to be an example to my children, but mm -hmm. two, because I feel like, um, I want to showcase people that are doing this thing for real in mm -hmm. real time. And they might not necessarily be making millions of dollars at the time, yeah. you know what I mean? But to really push people into, um, some dreams and some callings and some things that they that are even deemed over their life or that God has over yeah. their life or that they feel drawn to that they might not necessarily feel like they have the self-esteem or they might not necessarily have the money yeah. or they they don't feel like they have the background and so I really want to highlight people who who understand that like one like this was my shot this was my yeah. one more try like this was my one more try at being a better parent this mm -hmm. was my one more try at trying to make my business grow this was my one more try at not try shoot sometimes not trying to off myself yeah. like you know what i mean listen and i'm hello please <laughs> say, say it again because i've been there before too postpartum yeah. and like I've, I've i struggled with postpartum this last time and this was probably like it was so very much overwhelming mm -hmm. because I was an older woman and I'm thinking yeah. at this point in time, oh, I got it together. I'm doing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I got this, I'm doing this. And, um, and if you're not with the father no more, sometimes we look at it as a failed relationship. I 100% looked at my life like everything is like a failure, but I have to tell myself on the flip side, it's not. Mm -hmm. I think there's one side that tells me, but I'm getting so much better at like combating like those things. Um, again, Miss Prim and Proper from like, you know, high school, Growing up, I just knew my life was like set up. And then once my bubble got popped, mm. it was so hard for me to like regain traction, you know, even with my son's dad. So like I said, we were friends, but then once Gio came along, the narrative got flipped. Mm. So us being of different races, like it was kind of like, oh, she was like somebody that I met drunk and hot. Oh, yeah, wow. It was like, yeah, let's okay. get real invasive. Okay. Like, okay. It was like wild. But now we've kind of come to like a neutral point. There have been apologies. Like it's, it's fine. Like, you know, we okay. have a decent enough like co-parenting situation where we're raising like a healthy kid. Um, That's but it took a minute to like get there. So imagine I've spent all these years. So going from like a divorce to like bringing this child into the world and then having to navigate the single parent space and then into a co-parenting space because that took about two years mm. to like get some like you know and we understand that sometimes it takes time i yeah. think i think we feel like um or as i know for me more specifically as a mom um i'm forced to do it like i don't have any other choice whereas though when you co-parenting with uh with a man or when you co-parenting mm -hmm. with somebody else it's not as much of a requirement to them as it might be to you and so a lot of we get a lot of the short end of the stick. Yeah. We get a lot of like the the nights with the children where we can't sleep, yeah. but we still gotta wake up and I never had be bright out and I had push a kid. It <laughs> like people are like, yeah. "How are you such a morning person? You like never sleep." No, I'm like, right. I'm always worried. I'm That's thinking he's gonna like suffocate, and I'm gonna wake up. He's gonna be blue and cold and like dead, pretty Same. much. Um, you know, it's or what funny if a fire? You... What if a fire breaks out oh, in yeah. the house? Am I gonna be able to save and my I, children? Yeah. Like, and it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But I think I think with I think a lot of times like with just the as a parent and a creative, the mind just, yeah. it, it runs. But um, just to like kind of wrap this conversation, we gotta do a part two, like. <laughs> but just to kind of like wrap it up, I do want you to, I know you you mentor young girls, but mm -hmm. um, 
I want you to really like speak to the mompreneur out there that she needs somebody to push her to do that, to try that one more business, to try just being a better parent one more day, try to shift her attitude just 1%. Yeah. Like I want you to speak to that person that might be um, not even just struggling, because sometimes we won't even know that we're struggling, but just to push her to jump off the cliff. You know, the biggest thing, and that's always been my struggle, and I'm finally there, ready to jump, right? And I need for the, the mompreneur, whether she's single or whether she's with someone, because there are a lot of people that are, to me, like single in marriages, mm. and they're trying to get their dreams off the ground, and not everybody's gonna believe in you, but you have to believe in yourself more than anything. Um, to walk, walk by faith. You know, I know a lot of times it seems like, you know, well, what if, what if, what if, what if you, do it mm -hmm. and you truly succeed you completely like fly with it um i always want to also tell people there's always a light at the end of the tunnel i remember when i start going through things mm -hmm. you know losing jobs going through a divorce like whatever i was in such dark places i was like there's no light like there's mm -hmm. none i would tell mm -hmm. myself every day there is no light at the end of this tunnel i can't even begin to imagine mm -hmm. when i'm gonna get there and then you kind of start pushing towards it and you're like wow i did this um these kids, they don't <laughs> know about your W-2s. They don't know about your taxes. They mm -hmm. don't know about, they just know my mom got up every day mm -hmm. and did it, you mm -hmm. know? And um, with me, everybody's always like, well, have another one, have another one. I almost feel like it's like unfair. Like if I was mm -hmm. to do it again, mm -hmm. like I almost don't want to do it because I don't want my son to see a different me. Mm -hmm. He got the unhealed going through in the midst of major trauma. Right. I lost and left corporate America or whatever you would consider to be like your nine to five um, when he was one. That was my final straw. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to end everything and everybody in my path like with it. Mm -hmm. Like I would walk out of the house and be like, Lord, today, if this is the rapture, I'm ready. Come on, let's Been go. There. Yeah. Like let's mm -hmm. all at one time. Yeah. But And um, not necessarily sometimes that I want to just like give up or I'm gonna off myself, or I don't wanna say off myself because it's, sometimes I feel like that can be said as being insensitive, but just like not saying that I wanna die, but I know sometimes I just wanna skip a day. I'm tired, or two. I'm, yeah. I was exhausted. You know? I was exhausted, I was exa my thoughts exhausted me mm. of like trying to figure out like what did I do? Why was I not enough? Again, that rejection. Like, so tell in. her. What so I just want that mom to know it's not you. You are who you are. You're just being led in a different direction. Mm. Like, just believe that, you know, the things that are happening around it, even if things are, like, crashing down around you or if they're not crashing down around you, just, like, take a chance. It's not, it's not you. Mm -hmm. It's just the timing. It's not the time, like, right now. Um, but it's always going to be the time to take a chance, take a gamble on yourself. That's like good. always don't and then you got to block out the noise everything that's going on around you everything that glitters is not gold anytime i looked at a situation it could be like a relationship reel or a relationship like TikTok, uh -huh. or like whatever and you could be like wow like just some girls just have it all mm. and then you see like some headline like TikTok or like bus girlfriend upside the head like <laughs> just like right. anything you know what i mean like so many things have been revealed to me in real life like in that way I remember looking at couples in church, and one time um, a mom, got, she got in the car with me, and she was like, girl, oh my God, I can't, we've been through so much, I can't stand them, like, like things like that, but you just think, yeah. like, you gotta block out the noise. Mm -hmm. Like, you just, you do you, you do what works for you, you gotta take your time to heal, the self-care thing, whatever feels good to you. Um, and then we also have to stop being a victim of, like, time.
Like mm-hmm. I told you, one of my biggest obstacles was my age. Why? You know, Tabitha Brown tells us yes. every day, like, what yes. her story was. There have been a lot of other people coming out with, like, their story timelines. Mm-hmm. And um, it's inspirational to see. And then the most important thing that I would tell that mom, mm-hmm. the most important thing that she needs is um, a strong support system that has the same belief system as you, um, that has some get up and go and drive. Um and that just can like really like hold and support you like emotionally, yeah. which you can like bounce ideas off of, mm-hmm. or you don't feel threatened by, mm-hmm. or you don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like somebody that you really feel like, or a group that you really feel like can help catapult you. And not in a way to like use people, but just um, like-minded Everybody individuals. Needs support. Everybody just needs like, support. Just surround yourself with like, like-minded. They don't have to be doing exactly what you're doing, but just someone to like encourage you or someone that's been through something yeah. that can kind of just like tell you like you're take today. You're good. That's breathe. Good. And then, you know, move on. That's good. Thanks Chantel for coming. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the invasion of privacy podcast. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>